You are live with the App Show, Canada's number one mobile and app-related radio program. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo, here with John Beeler. We've got uh, a pretty great program. We're going to be talking about the new Samsung folding screen phones that were just announced. What's old is new again. Are they revolutionary or evolutionary? We'll give you the lowdown on that. Uh, And we'll also be talking about Wise, uh, that really cool app and card that lets you transact and exchange dozens of different types of currencies. So it's a fantastic card for travelers. They've just introduced uh, some new extended features that allow you to use Interact e-transfers to uh, move money from Canada into your wallet. We'll explain what that all means. But if you travel like to the U.S. or internationally, I'm telling you, this is the card you have to have a look at. It just makes life 100 times easier, and you're not getting ripped off on all those transaction and exchange fees. Uh, Let's look at some of the uh, mobile and app news uh, this week. And I think this is dominating right now, John. A lot of layoffs happening in the tech space. Uh, Vancouver-based Hootsuite is laying off roughly 300 employees. I think it's about 30% of their, their team. Yeah, it's... That's not an insignificant number of people. Shopify, another Canadian tech darling, laying off 10% of their workforce. We're looking at uh, Microsoft and and Google, uh, Apple. They are putting hiring freezes or cutting the amount of people they're hiring. Oracle, huge tech company, laying off people uh, as well. Uh, Thoughts? Do you think it's the blowback from the pandemic where they maybe hired a lot of remotes? I, I think the world's changing, John. Yeah. Um, I I even look at our business here. I mean, we do a lot of creative and ad work uh, for companies. And I'm telling you, business is down. People have got, I say, back to a new normal. Do you know what I mean? Like during the pandemic, it was great for anything involved with e-commerce or digital because that's just the way the world had to go. But now that we can kind of get out again, the world has changed. Do you know what I mean? Like e-commerce I know is down. And a lot of these tech companies, I think, are bloated, to be frank. Yeah. And they're kind of looking at their workforce and just trying to see how can we cut costs on that. So anything e-commerce related or, you know, to do with tools that enable e-commerce, they are struggling right now. And Hootsuite, I think they're having a tough time. I mean, there's so much competition in that space. They make uh, software tools to help manage social media accounts for businesses. And, and they were once considered a unicorn in the tech space in Canada because they were they had a, a north of a billion dollar valuation. Yeah, but again, John, it's so competitive and the world has changed. Can they come back? Yeah. Like they're, I, we used to use them at our company. We don't anymore. Yeah. Well, a lot of the tools that you would use something like Hootsuite for, so scheduling posts, for example, a lot of the native tools like Twitter and Instagram and so that allow you to do that stuff within the, their own apps. Yeah. So you don't have to pay a service for it unless you want to manage a large amount of accounts easily. It, it's going to be interesting though, John, over the next year. Um, I know, you know, we've come back. Um, we have a hybrid kind of work situation, you know, a few days in the office, you can work from home. Um, but I'm just telling you, there's there's a recession happening. I can feel it. Yeah. I've, I've been through these things before. And I think the world's going to change a bit over the next year again on how we work. And I know a lot of people um, are concerned. I think they should be at this point, especially if you're in the tech space. So we'll be keeping our eye on this story and uh, 
seeing what else happens down the road. This is kind of an interesting story, kind of a, a feel-good story, I think, John. I think so. Uh, a man built his own internet service provider instead of paying Comcast, which is a big uh, internet provider in the States, to expand to hundreds of homes. So instead of paying Comcast, because he wanted high-speed internet to his place, he's in a rural area, Comcast wanted 50K. That's to run the, the last mile, as they call it. That little bit of dis- distance from the last good box of their service to his house. And he'd basically have to pay for all that himself. Anyway, he wasn't happy with that. <laughs> and so during the pandemic, U.S. government, like many governments, were giving out grants to cities and businesses, you know, obviously to keep things going and, and growing. And he won uh, some money from not one, but um, was able to get how much? $2.6 million? Yeah, from the government to, to basically do it himself and expand. Lay his own fiber. Right. And then now he's going to be servicing, looks like about uh, 70 different customers. So he's become his own little internet ISP. service internet yeah. service provider. But he's expanding on that now. Yeah. And, and looking, I think, to expand it to 400 homes. Like, it just boggles my mind, John, that that corporation, Comcast, doesn't have a bit of vision yeah. to realize, like, hey, if we invested a bit of money, like, what is a couple million dollars to Comcast? Right. To, to bring high-speed internet to... Well, I think the problem is also not, uh, not uncommon in Canada, where we have a lot of rural people. Yeah. And... We see all the time that TELUS and Bell and Rogers, they're spending tens of millions of dollars to run and service a fairly small community. Yes. Um, they're never going to recoup that money from those customers. No, but isn't that part of the kind of the social contract? You know, the government's basically given a lot of these big guys, you know, unfettered access to Canadian consumers and allowed them to just not really have that much competition Yeah. in exchange to make sure that you know, smaller and rural communities do have access. And, they, you know, they do service them. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy here, I love it. He's charging 55 bucks a month for 100 megabits. I mean, it's not like lightning's fast, but it's pretty fast, it's especially better. if you didn't have anything before, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah. With unlimited data. Right. So that's better than Starlink, the satellite service. Which would be sort of the next option to think or to consider, although that's a fairly new option. Yeah. This sounds like this might have been going on for a little while with the governments and stuff. Can you imagine though, like trying to get high speed access and suddenly you're your own internet service provider now? What kind of headaches does this guy have now, right? <laughs> Become a mini Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> he can be his own awful corporation. But uh, anyway, it's it's kind of working for him, right? I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows that if you really want to do something, do it yourself. Exactly. What other tech news do we have here uh, for the app show today, John? Um, This is kind of uh, interesting as well. Uh, Arrive Can app possibly violates the charter and rights and freedoms, say some experts. (laughs) Arrive Can is just not having a good time. This is the app that you have to use to fill in when you come back from the U.S. or internationally whether that's through the land, boat, or air. Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, at least for critics of the app, which I guess technically that would be us as well, um, recently they they sent some erroneous quarantine orders to people that were coming back into Canada. Yes. And uh, because of that, 
Um, it basically admitted that it sent false quarantine notifications to approximately 3% of travelers due to a glitch. Yeah. And it has been fixed, but the, the concern is, is that this, I guess the systems that are, need to talk to each other to determine that might have violated Canadians constitutional right to move freely, uh, because of the fact that it forced these people to be quarantined, even erroneously. So what happens then, John? <laughs> In the States, there'd be some sort of class action yeah, suit, right? Yeah, like, give me back my time where yeah. I was locked in my house for yeah. two weeks or whatever after coming back into Canada. And these are for fully, vac- fully vaccinated travelers, yeah. too. So That would have been kind of disappointing. Cause, well, because you and I have traveled quite a bit around the same time, and yeah. this could have been us. Well, I would have made a stink. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on the App Show. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the new Samsung phone. So if you're in the market for a new smartphone or maybe kind of thinking about it, you'll want to stay tuned. We're going to give you our thoughts on uh, some of these uh, phones. I've had a chance to actually uh, try them out. Uh, We've got them in our hands uh, as well. Uh, So we'll give you the lowdown. They're folding screen phones. Are you ready for one of these? Samsung just announced uh, some new phones, a new watch series, and some new uh, earbuds. These are, are the Galaxy folding phone or folding screen phone that they uh, have been, uh, I guess, working with for the past. Four, it's been four years now. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. And it, they're kind of sticking with the two different models. There's the Samsung Galaxy uh, Z Fold or Z Fold, uh, depending if you're US or Canadian, and the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. And these are both the uh, the four. The fourth generation. The fourth generation. Uh, I actually had a chance to check them out last week. I was in Toronto uh, and got to get my hands on them. We just got some into the studio here as well. And they look remarkably kind of like the last ones, John. That's right. I, I did note, like, I have to be honest, you know, from the very first generation to this, I think they've really done an amazing job as far as the build quality and the, I don't know, just the the firmness of them. Uh, they just feel solid. Yeah, they don't feel as gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, gimmicky is probably a good word. I mean, the, they the, had they had issues with the first fold. That was the one. It's like one a phone that folds out to a big tablet. Yeah, yeah, which you know we liked quite a lot. Yes, and we still do. Um, but the uh, the fit and the finish, they just, they're constantly refining it. And I think this generation obviously is the best yet. Um, we've got the um, uh, the Fold 4 and the Flip 4. Uh, they've got some, you know, kind of the same colors as last time. Yeah. Um, we don't, we didn't have get any of the accessories, but they've got a whole host of accessories for it, which I think is really the interesting thing that Samsung has done is they found lots of different ways of accessorizing these devices. So you're not just sticking a naked phone in your pocket. Yeah. I, cause when they first came out with these, I'm like, what, how are you going to make a case for these things? Yeah. But they have, yeah, they've made some really innovative cases. And with the fold, if you purchase uh, the S pen, it's like a little stylus, it's a separate uh, thing. You can get this case that actually has a little removable compartment for the S Pen. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I just really like the Flip series. Um, they've got some really clever things that sort of fit into 
spaces that you wouldn't expect. You can actually put it onto a lanyard. You can put it, you can fold it up and it actually has a really nice fabric case for it and it doesn't get in the way of the hinge and things like that. Um, what were your first thoughts though, seeing the four series and the inevitable question about the crease? I don't have a problem with the crease. When we're talking about the crease, it's when you unfold the phone to like it's you know, full openness. Full potential. Full potential. And I mean, if you're looking for the crease, yes, because there is a crease. Yeah. Because it's folding. Yeah. Um, some people, I don't know, they make an issue out of it, but once you start using it, you don't even notice it. No. It's like if you live near the airport, I guess. <laughs> Eventually you don't hear the airplanes anymore, but it's not as bad as that. Like I, no. I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. Yeah. And the, the durability is still there. I mean, we yeah. were concerned about it at first with the first generation, but even the last generation still holds up after a year. Yeah. I've got uh, a fold, a second generation fold that I still uh, use and no problem. Yeah. No problem at all. Uh, but, you know, as far as the crease is concerned, not not an issue. Uh, these new ones are a little bit lighter, a few grams lighter. Um, I, I didn't notice that hugely, but uh, again, I just, I like them. I, I really like the flip. You know, if I was in the Android space right now, like if I was looking for a new Android phone, I would seriously consider that Flip 4. Yeah. Just, just being able to fold it in such a nice little size into your pocket, it's beautiful. Well, it's like a Game Boy. It is. But yeah. it, it, John, it just, it's cool and it works and the screen is beautiful. They've got good cameras built into it uh, as well. So, you know, I, I give it a thumbs up. I mean, the fold, it's a little more, like you'd have to be wanting something that folds into the bigger screen. It, it's thick, right? Because it's it, folding it, out into a tablet. It is. It doesn't feel as thick as the three does, did though. No. Um, so, I mean, they're, again, they're just sort of like refining it. This isn't evolutionary. It's more, or it is evolutionary. It's just, uh, just little tweaks here yeah. and there. They're they're sticking with their formula, right? Yeah, and they're just kind of tweaking it as 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 you go along. So let's talk about pricing because yeah, that's important. That that's a big deal for some of these devices. And we'll start off with the big big boy, the fold. Yeah, uh, it's not inexpensive. Twenty two sixty nine. So twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. So that's for the 256 version, yep. gig version, memory. Uh, if you want to get the 512, it's 200-ish dollars more at 2429 uh, Canadian. Yeah. So, uh, and it comes in, you know, a bunch of different colors. There's gray, green, moon beige, phantom black. Yep. Which, you know, that's nice options. Um, but the I think the real story and it was last time, and it was this time, for me at least, was the Flip 4. The pricing seems pretty decent for what would be considered a flagship phone. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty much for a 128 gig model of any of the colors is 12.59 Canadian. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, because if you were to buy like a new iPhone or a, uh, you know, a flagship regular Samsung Galaxy, like an S21. Yeah. Is it S22 now? Yeah. I can't even. It's S22. Okay. You're up there. Well, you, yeah, you're a little bit more than that probably yeah. for something comparable. Um, and it's not going to be as fun and fashionable as the Flip is. It's cool. But it's interesting. Um, we have a friend that works at uh, the, the local tapas restaurant in our building here. And cool guy. Uh, his name's Chase. And he got the Fold. Yeah. He went in to get a new phone. And they sold him a Fold. 
Yeah. He wasn't looking for a folding phone, but they just had a great deal on it. Yeah. And he loves it. But what did he say that he had one issue with? The beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had an issue with my phone at the beach too. <laughs> yeah. It's what happens when you're drunk and you lose your phone at night on the beach. In the sand. Yeah. That's a whole other story we'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, he said that even though he, you know, really protected it, he got grains of sand into the hinge. So he had to blow it out with, you know, a can of air. Yeah. Compressed air. Because that's probably like worse than anything. Well, these still aren't waterproof though. No. So. And I don't know how they would do that yet. I don't know either. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about the proposed Shaw-Rogers uh, merger. Uh, one of the components of that would be the sale of Freedom Mobile. Shaw owns Freedom Mobile, used to be Win Mobile, uh, to you know try to get it through and through the Competition Bureau. Uh, the idea was to sell it off because Rogers doesn't need more mobile phone customers, I guess. Uh, so they ended up selling it to Quebec Corps. But now the Competition Bureau of Canada is having an issue with that. And the Quebec Corps CEO is uh, saying that he finds it incomprehensible that the Competition Bureau is opposed to the company's proposed acquisition of Freedom Mobile from Rogers and Shaw. <laughs> I do, do you think this is going to go through? No, this is like the story that never ends. I know. I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, it, it's kind of taken a turn since the whole Rogers outage. Back in June. <laughs> it was sure that June has. or July now? I don't even remember. Not too long ago. Not too long ago. I think it was July. July, yes. Uh, but a lot of people were opposed to this. You, you know, we talked with Tony Lacavera from Global Life. He was the one that brought Win Mobile to Canada. And he made a bid for Freedom Mobile, but was turned down. And it was a bigger bid than Quebec Corps. Yeah, but do you know what I think killed it is that he was partnering with TELUS because right. he needed another partner to cover the areas that Freedom Mobile's not right. covering as well. And do you think Rogers wants TELUS in there? Hell no. No. So Quebec Corps, I think, is more of a friendly to Rogers and obviously would use Rogers as kind of a backbone for any right. components that they were uh, missing. But one way or another, they got to get sold to someone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And there has to be viable competition because we've seen when you have that fourth carrier in locations the prices are cheaper yeah price wars happen yes like we've seen in saskatchewan and manitoba before bell bought mts and in in quebec the prices for mobile service are cheaper i mean it got to a point in 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 some areas like people were pretending to have fake addresses in Quebec <laughs> or Saskatchewan to get the cheaper rates. Yeah. Which is sad, right? Yeah. So it, I, I think it's important. Um, I don't know where this is going to go, to be honest. Like after the big Rogers outage that I think threw another wrench into the, into the works. Yeah. I think everything could be up in the air or is up in the air and we might not see a resolution to this till at least maybe even the next, next year. You think that long? Yeah, well, they were already talking about the end of this year. And then that was before Rogers outage. Yeah, it'll, I mean, what if it didn't go through? That's a, that's big. But I'm sure Shaw would survive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tell you about the wise 
card and app. This is something that John and I have been using for our travels. They've actually added some new features now that make it even easier to use for traveling and exchanging money. And I, I can, John, I can't believe that I never had this before. I know. It's been it's, great. It's really great. We're going to talk about uh, WISE. This is uh, a really cool fintech company. They uh, make a, I guess, a prepaid debit visa card and app that allows you to input or transfer in like Canadian money. And then when you're traveling, you can exchange it into dozens of different currencies. I just wish we had this when we went last year to Austria and um, to Hungary. Yeah. Because we were going to this somewhat sketchy little <laughs> ATM uh, on our street. Oh, yeah. And the exchange rates were just ridiculous. And you're being charged for the exchange plus the ATM fee plus the Canadian fees for all those things. Oh, it's insane, John. Like, yeah. can you even imagine like what, when you add up all the different fees, like what kind of percentage you're getting hosed on? Right. So the thing about WISE is you sign up online, you download their app, and you, at least before, and we'll talk about the new changes that changed it, you had to basically link it up to your bank account, yeah. a debit account, and then you'd have to put some money onto it. Yep. And almost immediately, you would get a digital card that you can add to your Apple wallet, uh, and they would also mail you a physical card, a physical credit card, or debit Visa credit card, and then you have access to your accounts. Now, okay, that's fine, but the, the magic is you have a pool of money that you put in in Canadian. Yeah, let's say you put in $100. Right. And then you can choose to transfer to any other currency that you want. And essentially what it does is it creates a foreign currency account for that currency. Yes. So for example, if you're going to the US, you just transfer your $100 to the US account in your wise profile and then you have access to it when you go to use your your card any money uh in the u.s account when you're using a u.s bank machine or you're paying for something at the store would draw from that account so you're just basically moving money around inside a virtual account as opposed to going through a uh, 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 money transfer system or service which always has fees attached yes even when they say they don't. Right. You're paying someone. Like, John, I just hate going through like the airport, for example, and exchanging my money. Yeah. I just, I always feel ripped off. And you are. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're providing a service and where else are you going to get your money? Yeah, because you need to get the actual money, the actual cash yeah. uh, to use it in that other country. But, um, and sometimes the airport's the most convenient way because you might have to pay for how you're getting out of the airport. <laughs> yeah. So, but I like the exchange rates are like, fantastic on it right yeah so you can just you can move that money around to different currencies yeah like if we were in europe and we were traveling from the uk to germany to france you could just put money transfer from your canadian account and it just creates all these little multiple currency accounts and the card just knows when you're in that country to use that currency right which is amazing yeah because we had a problem in uh we had a problem in, in china with um the uh, Chinese currencies. And then we went to Macau. It was a different currency. Yeah. And then also in, uh, we were in Austria, so we had euros. And then when we went to Hungary, we had Florence. Florence. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some places would take euros and stuff like that too, but you know, we had to convert all this, this money and where we were staying, there was no 
currency place nearby. No. And those currency places, John, they're kind of sketchy. They feel sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. But so they've made it even easier now with this card. Um, before you had to hook up all your bank stuff into it, which I think for some people might have been difficult. Like if I imagine like someone not really savvy. Right. They, they would have had a hard time just figuring that all out. But now you can just do like interact e-transfers. Yeah, you just transfer it to your Wise account and then it's there and available for you to move around in that virtual account system that we talked about. Yeah. Which is great. So much easier. Especially because you might have Wise associated with one bank account, but your the money you actually want to move around, you have to get it into that account and then put it into Wise. Like you're still moving a lot of money around. CIBC had something similar. I remember a few years ago, uh, they came out with a card like that. Yeah. But the exchange rates just kind of sucked. Yeah. And it wasn't that easy to no. to move money around. No. Know? The nice thing is as long as you have internet access, you can do it all on your phone on, on, their, on their app. Yeah. And it actually makes sense. But I just love, I, I love the fact that I have it in my Apple wallet as a, as a card. I'm, and I believe you can put it in your Google wallet as well. Uh, but you also get that physical card as well. So the one downside to it is like it won't work in an ATM in Canada. Right. Because it's merely meant for Canadians to go somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. So um, great again, if you're going down to the U.S. shopping uh, or traveling internationally, definitely something uh, to check out. We're going to have to take another break now, John. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk about something interesting happening in Greenland. Climate change, uh, obviously something none of us want to have, but there might be some benefits to finding rare minerals in Greenland which are important for things like electric cars and mobile phones and mobile phones. Well, we do live in a digital world, John. Everything is uh, electronic now and we rely on so many different devices just to live and move about. Number one, smartphones. Uh, Number two, the coming age of electric vehicles. Uh, They use a lot of rare earth minerals And something is interesting happening with climate change and Greenland. On one hand, not a great thing because it's melting the ice there, but it is allowing for more land to be exposed now because the ice is melted. So more opportunity for exploration for these minerals and just the transportation of moving in heavy equipment and extracting those minerals, like shipping them off. So there are companies now searching it's kind of like almost a gold rush. Klondike days. Klondike days. Uh, and some pretty big names involved. Uh, people like Jeff Bezos, uh, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft's Bill Gates, uh, and even uh, Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. A lot uh, of billionaires. A lot of billionaires kind of recognizing the unfortunate, I'm calling it the unfortunate opportunity that climate change is putting on Greenland. Well, it's interesting because what's going to happen when Greenland is out of those minerals? Maybe they're hoping Antarctica (laughs) melts down. I'm saying that kind of as black humor, uh, definitely. But um, so there's uh, a few places uh, there. Uh, One is probably pronouncing things wrong here. Uh, Disco Island uh, in in Greenland and uh, one of the peninsulas there as well. Uh, that essentially seemed to be kind of a hotbed uh, for for that. Uh, but it's a challenge. Like, 
they're called rare earth minerals for a reason. Yeah. Because they're hard to find. They're rare. And unfortunately, um, you know, they're in a lot of places that aren't always the best. Uh, you know, they're conflict zones. Um, you know, Ukraine is another area right yeah. now uh, that's, you know, they're saying one of the reasons Russia wants some of that land is for that. Uh, in, in the Congo as well. They're mining for rare earth minerals. But uh, um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens here in, in, in Greenland. I mean, the appetite is not slowing anytime soon. No. No, it's interesting how they're actually trying to find this stuff, though, too. They're, they're using uh, drones and helicopters with transmitters to measure the electromagnetic field of the subsurface and map the layers of rock that are below the ice. But then they're using artificial intelligence to analyze that data, and they're trying to pinpoint exactly the best choices spots to spend time drilling and getting to that material. Yeah. Well, I guess they have to be kind of smart about this. Because it's, it's not a small place. No. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but it, it looks, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously we have to think about the environmental impacts, like, because if they're going to start mining for this, um, you know, how open is the government there? And what kind of responsibilities do these companies have? Right. Well, apparently the government is, is pro-mining. Yeah. But there, it's not without regard for the environment. And uh, so, because it, it, it's very important to Greenland's culture and livelihood. Yeah. To be, a, 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 you know, a green place. Hence the name. Well, what I learned in school, actually, is uh, the Vikings who discovered both Iceland and Greenland, uh, they try to trick people. Like, they called Greenland, Greenland, even though it's ice, <laughs> just to get people to go, you know. <laughs> to go to the, Iceland. To non-friends. <laughs> and Iceland, they, it, it was more green than Greenland. Yeah. And they called that Iceland. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe. It's funny, I actually have relatives in Greenland. Yeah? Yeah. It's funny, the, the social media posts that they, they do as well, like on Facebook. Um, people would be aghast <laughs> if they saw some of them. Like some of them are like seal hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they hunt seal for food. Yeah. And like I watched this one Facebook video, one of my, rel- I don't know which relative it was, but, you know, they're kind of on this ice flow and you see this little seal head pop off in the distance and then they shoot their rifle. And right. then that seal, I guess, is food at that point. And I'm just like thinking, oh my God, if someone posted that, in Canada here. Yeah, well, it's interesting that Facebook allowed it to be posted too. It's true, eh? Yeah. Maybe their seal detector <laughs> didn't didn't work. Uh, one other quick story uh, that's kind of popping up uh, now. You know, we talk a lot about uh, the streamers out there, John, like Netflix. Yeah. Seems like they're kind of, you feel they're riding the ship there? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of pressure on them because they lost uh, a chunk of subscribers and their stock price cratered. Um, but they seem to be kind of on a, a better path now. Uh, but these other guys that are competing against them, Disney, for example, is one, Hulu down in the States, uh, they're raising the price now. And it's pretty big jump too. Yeah. Yeah. Like $3 US per month. They're basically raising the price for the non-advertised or ad-supported models yes. so they can release the ad-supported model at the current price. <laughs> so I basically feel, you pay I the same... kind of hosed there. Yeah, you pay the same amount of money as you're paying right now 
And, but you get ads yes, or you pay $3 more a month, which actually is not bad. If, if I could pay $3 a month to get rid of my ads on cable TV. You think about that, eh? Yeah. That would never happen. No, no, no. never. But um, like how much, I just wonder when the consolidation is going to happen it, or will there be? I don't know. I think it's going to have to happen fairly soon because I think consumers are just tired of this. Having so many different streaming services. So many different apps, so many different ways to find content yeah, and having to pay for that all. So we talked about last week about how the um, anti-piracy advertising was actually detrimental to piracy and it forced people to do that more. Well, we long said that piracy would go away if you could easily access that content. Yeah. And for a while, it, it sure looked like it did. Yes. Because it was like Netflix, right? Right. You, yeah. you pay for one service and you have everything. The whole candy store. Yeah. But now you have to go to every single store to get the jelly the candy. bean store, the chocolate store. Exactly. Yeah. The Marvel store, the Star Wars store, all those things. And people aren't going to continue to do that. I'm actually considering what am I, what am I going to keep and get rid of because I'm at a saturation point. But you know what the problem is, John? Like some of these things, like they lock you into all their other services, like Apple. Yeah. Like, would I keep Apple TV? It's actually gotten pretty good, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Uh, but I can't because I've bundled it in with cloud storage and yeah, well, Apple I, Fitness Plus. I wonder how much of the monthly fee that you're paying is going towards that TV service versus all the cloud services you're actually using. Yeah. But the same thing, though. Disney's not bundling any cloud services with its service other than like streaming. The, the Baby Yoda service. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, Amazon, another example. Yeah. Walmart's trying to do it, which we talked about. Yeah. I don't know how successful they'll be. Uh, you know, how, how long can some of these other guys survive if they're not bundled like a Netflix or a Paramount? Yeah. Well, and they need, they need significant revenue to actually produce the content. Yeah. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the app show together. John Beeler, of course, my co-host and producer, Robin, off in the corner of the studio. And uh, the rest of the the folks back at uh, the office. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We'll see you again next time.